Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning. The following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. I'm sorry. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. <laughs> My name is Alexia. And today, today we're both, we're both fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. Like you have a much better reason for being so, though. Do like, I? Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. I think filming all weekend is yeah. I was filming. Okay. A much better excuse than like I went to Renfest yesterday. Well, no, but that's like that's also a very physical activity, I'd say. I mean, I guess it 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 is. I mean, what was weird too is apparently, and I don't know why, but like everybody went yesterday. I know, I saw that. Like I on my like on Facebook, which you don't ever attend, but right. on the Facebook that <laughs> I attended, attend like it's a place. I love it. I know. Place, um, go. <laughs> um, on on the Facebook that I attended, uh, I saw like <laughs> all, all these all these like disparate people uh, at the Maryland Renaissance Festival, which I have not been able to go to, um, and I probably won't be able to go to. But I will go to the Pennsylvania uh, this year, which is the one I normally go to because it's better. I've um, heard that, and actually, what's we were supposed to go to the Pennsylvania one this week. Like we normally go to Maryland every year um, because we take our niece for her birthday. It's like it's our tradition, right? So for her birthday, that's what we do. But she's you know just gone off to college this summer, and that's so, weird for me because I met her when she was like fourteen. I know it's yeah, bizarre, yeah. right? Think yeah. about it for me. She was in my wedding when she was like three. Yeah, so was my little sister, who you know as the very adult television star, Sarah Shiner. Right? So, it's, it's not it's, an adult star. Hold on. Let's be clear. Let me, let me be really clear. Hey, about now. Her. She's an she's adult. She's an adult Since and had. also is on TV. And that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know what's funny is I totally didn't hear it that, like, now that you just made that distinction, though, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. No, 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 not like that. Not adult <laughs> like triple X adult. No. Like adult as in grown. Person. I'm not even okay with the conversation we're having right now. <laughs> oh, God. I could not even imagine. That would be, yeah. Even um, for me, and, I didn't, and she's not my sister, I would be like, wait, what? Even you met her when she was like, 13 yeah she wasn't I, no i think she was a little i think she was probably 16 when, yeah when, maybe anyway anyway yeah talking about it being yeah, bizarre so, but like we were supposed to go because she's go because she's going to college like out in pennsylvania and so it was like well shit what are we gonna do because it's like really silly for like us to like go up to pennsylvania get you come back go to renfest in maryland and then we'd heard that there was this one in pennsylvania that's really really good and it's not it wasn't far like comparatively speaking so it was like well we could just visit you and take you to that one and then 
this was the one like weekend that we had available to do it pretty much because like I had the two bits radio the the other you know, previous weekend and then next weekend I have um you know Batman with shotgun stuff so I was like okay great and she was like well I'm actually gonna be home and we're like oh oh. Uh... Okay. Well, I guess let's well, go to Maryland. If you ever, if you or our listeners ever get a chance, um, the Pennsylvania Renaissance, uh, which to take nothing away from the Maryland, as a matter of fact, I think the Maryland is probably better for families. Um, oh, I feel really? like the Maryland has more like stuff for kids, for younger kids to do. Okay. But the shows, um, and I'm and I look like honest bias. A friend of mine wrote a bunch of the shows. Um, in the, oh, ah. <laughs> very professional. Um, uh, a friend of mine wrote a bunch of the shows. Um. But they are really, 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 really fucking good. And then at the end of uh, the joust, at the end of of the of the Pennsylvania, ends with you have the joust. But then an army attacks, and there are explosions and pyrotechnics everywhere. And, oh, that's fucking awesome! Yeah. Um. And I'm then at Halloween weekend, they I turn it like... around and it becomes a zombie invasion. What? And... Shut your mouth. Yeah. No. It's fu- it's amazing. Oh, that's gonna be awesome because I think we'll probably. I mean, she's obviously it's not like she's dropping out of college or anything, so I'm sure. Like probably the subsequent years, that's probably what we'll wind up doing because like her birthday falls right around going back to school time. So we'll, I'm sure we'll get a chance to check it out. Now I'm really looking forward to it. Like I had heard it was like a little bit bigger, a little bit more expensive, I guess. Um, so I wasn't expecting what you just said though. Like that sounds fucking incredible. It is, but it was You're it was right. actually weird yesterday because um, it was uh, they were filming, I guess, for like some news outlet was out there All filming. Right like 3d video yeah no hold on there are no cameras right the renaissance right and it was that's what i'm saying like it actually kind of fucked my day up a little bit because we were like sitting like we were standing like watching the joust and there was like all of it like i could see like i'm like look up in the sky and it's a beautiful like yesterday was beautiful it was beautiful clear blue skies you know like 75 warm not too cold you know it was great and like i see this drone and it was like, you're fucking my shit up right now. Like, get out of here. Like, that doesn't well, okay, belong so, but, here. So my, my friend who wrote the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair uh, tell, told me the story that there is this, um, there, there's this tendency for Klingons to show up. Or there used to be. I don't know if it's still as much. But Klingons will show up in their full, full Klingon garb. To really? their, and, and that works. Like, I always take my son as Harry Potter. And he walks around as Harry Potter, and people love that Harry Potter is walking around the Renaissance. It's just, even though Harry Potter is modern, it kind of fits. It do- yeah, I feel like it's different. Yeah, like yeah. Like, like, like yesterday, there was a Loki there. Like, because was, because was, Hogsmeade, Loki. Hogsmeade is pretty much a Renaissance fair. Um, so <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, like, anything in sort of the fantasy, uh, you know, milieu, I feel like... Klingons are a little different, so so and we're uh, sci-fi because I feel like what happens is if like what you see there then is like what if they were what if they had gone back in time? Okay, so so here's them, so here's right? what happened is like so so Klingons showed up and you know people are like looking at them askance and be like what are you doing? Like why are there Klingons here? Like really, uh, you know, don't mix your chocolate with my peanut butter, blah blah blah. And uh, <laughs> and my fr- my my friend uh, who was in one of the shows um, is is who now writes it and he's down at Disney. Um, uh, is uh, Arthur, who you've talked to. Um, uh, he is uh, doing his show, and he said, hello, yes, hello, ladies and gentlemen, doing this, doing the whole show. This is an I'm very glad to see you. And you're doing the whole, the, the, the whole you know, accent and doing everything. Yes, and thou shalt go back to the place where thou went, and goodbye. Hello, and everybody left, everybody calls, yay! 
And he, and he looks at the other and he goes, the two of you, you need to come over here right now, and I have words to say for you. And and the guys walk over like, what would you like, human? I only have this to say. Come close. And he comes in, and he drops the accent, and he goes, what are you doing? If Starfleet found out that you are in this part of the timeline, I am here doing research in the Renaissance, and you are going to corrupt the timeline. <laughs> So if you don't get out of here now, right now, you're going to be visited by the Office of Temporal Mechanics. So you need to tread very carefully. You are on Earth right now, not on Kronos. Do you understand me? That's they, awesome. And, he, and here's the thing. That's not breaking character. No, it's That's not. changing it's your character for that moment, but it is absolutely keeping them in the world yeah. where they are and justifying their entire day if anybody ever says something to them um it's fucking brilliant that's awesome isn't that yeah. great that's that's great and that's the, like because that's the thing like i don't it's a place to go to get away you know in the same way that a con is but like even more immersively so i think right to just get away from what our day-to-day -day is yeah, and I th and I think that like that you can have fantasy and you can have sci-fi crossover that work because of that sort of thing. Like if you have the right storyline, it's totally fine, you know. And I guess in that, if you if you use that logic, then the drone would make sense. But like, it, what happens for me is like, I don't think first, the drone had a motivation, <laughs> right? My first was like, get the fuck out of here! You're ruining my my vibe like which is not to say it's like, like people don't have cell phones it's not like people don't Just you know what screaming I mean? at it no you're a demon but that yeah that's the immediate second thought that happens is like could you imagine though like if yeah. we like legitimately went back in time with like a drone or something <laughs> like that? could you like what would their reaction be like it would be so intense um, and I was, I was almost tempted to like do what you're talking like, like to those like pitch a fit, but because I had respect for the performers that were like jousting down below, so I'm not going to do that. Um, and by the time they were done, the drone had, I guess, gone on its merry way. Uh, so I might have after the performance had been over, but, uh, like it definitely occurred to me, like, what would that be? Like, that would be some fucking crazy shit. Like that would fuck, like. That would be some like and, really fuck with somebody's head. It's not, you know, the thing about the Renaissance Fair is 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 um is that it's. Let's be clear, and I think Janine Garofalo uh, said it best in the Cable Guy. There were no utensils in, in at medieval times, therefore there are no utensils at medieval times. Would you like a refill on your Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> Because that's honestly, you have the giant turkey leg because you're in medieval times, and also a Pepsi, and also <laughs> Sir Mastercard and Lazy v and Lady Visa. I know it's really right. Funny. Yeah, it's like you've got to find a way because you're still trying to do business and 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 things. Well, you know, what you got to you like like I totally respect the people that go there and are into it, but like, and I'm sure there's a certain subset of people for which it's not silly. Where they're like, they're really trying to take it really seriously. And I'm sure they walk away disappointed most of the time. But if you are in for almost in sort of a Batman 66 sort of way where you're like, you know what? This is camp. This is the definition of camp. And if you enjoy it as camp, you're going to have a great fucking time. If you're like, if you keep your tongue firmly in cheek, because you know what? If you watch the performers, they keep their tongue firmly in cheek. It is a tongue in cheek performance. Almost Absolutely. Always. It's, yeah. It's a joke. And that's what's and great you... about like, they'll be doing crazy shit. Like we saw this guy who was like, like <laughs> he was fucking juggling a bowling ball, like some kind of garden shears 
and a knife. And I was like, whoa, dude. Like, cause those like juggling's hard enough, but when you have things of such disparate weight, it's so much more difficult. But it's not like he's just doing those things. He's like in Lederhosen and speaking with his German accent, right? <laughs> like, and being silly as well, right? So it's not yeah. just, I'm doing this amazingly talented thing, but I'm like also being silly. And well, like I saw, like, again, the same friend of mine, and I, and I have a lot of stories from him. I've only gone a few times in my life. I've only probably gone to like five. Um, but like, for instance, um, he did a, uh, he, he did a, um, an acapella show with a bunch of guys and they did a performance of green sleeves. You know, the song green sleeves, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is how it went. Alas, my love, you do me wrong. To cast me off discourteously, and I have loved you oh so long, delighting in your company. Green sleeves was my delight, and they're doing I want it that way, but they're doing green sleeves. I just noticed that I was like, it sounds like, like I, I don't understand what's happening because those words aren't right, but I'm hearing heart of joy I want it that way. Who but my lady green sleeves like. It's just- <laughs> Oh yeah, it, last night I think the last the last song that we heard, like you know, they've got like pipers and fucking all that stuff, but it was it was absolutely in the jungle, like yeah. in the jungle, yeah, divided no, jungle. Great. It was fantastic uh, though. Yeah, it was no, such so, fun. Uh, okay, you know? so we need to, we need to switch gears because we have yes, a lot to do. We today. do. We have a lot. To, we have a lot of trekkie. This is huge. We're gonna try and get it done um, faster than the ones we've done before. Um, but we always say that so. We always say that, and I don't think we can do it though. Like, I don't think uh, it's a legitimate thing we can do. <laughs> now, there is, uh, th- there is always um, the discussion about what is better, next generation or, or or the original series. Then there's the outliers like me who say it's Deep Space Nine, and there's the nobody who says that it's Voyager and and Enterprise. And I know there are like four <laughs> of you out there going, "What the fuck? Voyager's my favorite." It's totally okay for Voyager to be your favorite. Without you saying that it's the best one, right? Okay? I, I want to because you need to know the dis- the distinction. It feels an important one. Yeah, I, I yeah, and it's and like I, when I, it's I, like I like I watch a lot of movies, and I like most movies that I watch. Like I even even now, you know, in my in my late age, like I I can't. I can't name many movies that I obviously Batman v Superman is one of them, but I can't sure. name many movies that I'm like that was just complete shit. Um. Well, and that's so, the thing. Like, but like, I usually can re- can tell you why, right? Like, I won't just say that movie is just like the best movie ever. Like, I'll tell you, it's it's fun, it's fluff. Well, I or... can tell you about Batman v Superman. Like, I know that there's a subset of people out there who love that movie. That's totally legit. Like, I get that if you want to see a really well shot movie with big buff guys slamming into each other and shit exploding, like if that's your thing. Batman v Super may speak to you, but if you were in any way like a fan of cinema, it would be you'd have a really hard time sitting down and going, "Look, that's that is a well constructed you know story Film in any way." Yeah, it's just not. And I just saw a movie called Pop Star, um, which it's it's basically a Lonely Island movie. Um, oh, really? And it's it's. I'm that not saying like it's a great film. But man, did it speak directly to me. Freddy Got Fingered is a movie that nobody yeah, should watch. Nobody else likes. <laughs> it's a terrible film. I love Freddy Got Fingered. I've seen it probably 10 times. I know it's terrible. Um, so 
So yeah, like uh, it's an intellectual thing. Like we actually watched a movie recently that we had never seen. That I actually I recommend. It was really funny. It's called Bad Johnson, and it's you know it's. I've heard a, about this. Yes. Have you heard about it? It's, yeah, it's, about the guy who dick. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually it's really funny. But like, if I step back, right? Like it was an enjoyable watch. Like I'm not like I wish I hadn't watched it. I wasted my time. Like I'm not angry about it, right? But at the same time, like I'm clear that by the end of it, like there are things I can speak to with plot cinematography you know what i mean there are things i can speak sure, to sure. it's like clearly that wasn't the best the best done thing ever right sure. well but I, I can say it was funny and lighthearted, and there was a, a there was a message there that i thought was a good one like there's things i can t- i can tell you about it but i'm not just saying oh my god i just saw the best it's not like saying i saw schindler's list and oh my god yeah no absolutely so right? what I, like <laughs> that's a very different scenario and the reason i want to set this up is a sliding scale of quality we have a lot of fun about oh voyager was terrible no enterprise was terrible the fact is is they're both pretty good shows and they're both star trek and they're both you know it's not like you're you're watching you know i don't know the american idol or something like if, if you're into star trek and you watch voyager there will be things to dislike but in general it's star trek and same thing with enterprise and so when we hit the idea of what's good and bad you know we say uh the next when we say the original series season three um and we go that's the bad season what we're talking about is we're talking about a sliding scale of seasons where if you had to rank the seasons of the original series, it's generally considered the third of the three is the worst of the three, which is not to say that it's bad, but Just you know, so, someone's got to right? get the fucking bronze medal and that's the one that gets the bronze medal. Um, sure. uh, and, and, you know, when we talk about the, the um, comparison of the next generation of the original series, like there are, reasons to like one over the other for both of them and there are reasons to like certain seasons over the other um for both of them and in general the first season of the next generation is considered to be the worst but it gets a pass right because one it's you know it is it was made in the 80s when the ability to make the show had just sort of started to happen and technology evolved to the point where they could make just a gorgeous show over the course of of doing the show Mm -hmm. also the first season of any show um, it can be a bit some, rough, like depending, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you're trying to figure things out, right? And it, de- and it depends on the show. If it's a high concept show like like Lost or like Heroes or like where the show is based around like a singular idea and the idea is really great, sometimes the first season is the best. Is, is the best yep. Because you're like, here's this fucking great idea. And there's and just so much intrigue and there's so much like, oh yeah. my goodness, what's going to happen going on? And that, you get to season two, almost and you not would, really fulfill on, right? Yeah, like you it's explained, such a setup that there's no way you can actually fulfill on what my or you, or imagination you too much, right? Or you've like, like, there's all this mystery, but you, by the end of season one of Lost, you kind of know who everyone is, and you kind of know about what the scenario is. So between the end of season one and the end of season six of Lost, there's a bunch of things that they add to it, but you never learn as much. You don't never get as much of an inf- information dump as you do in the first season. Yeah. It's just you're, you're so that's in true. that case, that's a different kind of show. Um, yeah. But it's specifically in a show like The Next Generation, where you had, you know, this was building. Um, I like to say the next generation is not really a sequel to the original series, but a sequel to the original series movies. It seems very much set in the Nicholas Meyer verse, much more than it seems set in the Roddenberry verse. Um, oh, I disagree with that. I don't think that's true. Really? I, yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I, I think, think I know what you mean the, by the, that, but, but I don't, I don't, 
I don't think I agree with it. <laughs> like I, I, I see the correlations, like certainly with uh, like costuming, uh, color and, the mil- and, and it's a little more militaristic. Everybody's <laughs> everybody, especially when it starts. It's everyone's really. It's by everybody's the- serious, but I don't. I don't know that I agree that it's more militaristic, right? Um, like because they make kind of a big deal throughout um, that it's not. You know, okay, let me rephrase. It's not that everyone's militaristic, but it's that everyone, everything on the ship is organized in a more military way. Like, there's a lot more commander, commander, lieutenant, chain of command, don't go over my head. You know, a lot, it feels more like you're on a naval vessel where, you know, I don't think that you're going to see, like, you know, nobody's bringing coffee to people. People aren't really laughing on the bridge that much, at least for the first few seasons. You know, you don't even. Yeah, it's definitely the tone is, is, is somewhat of a shift. And I think. And I think honestly, that's what I mean. But I don't mean I don't mean like hostile, like I know know that. But I think for me, the reason it doesn't occur the way it occurs to you um, is because I I feel like the tone on the ship is very much um, set by the captain. Sure. Right. In 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 even in later seasons, excuse me. But like and I think that the reason that that's how the new you know enterprise crew occurs is because picard and and they talk about it it's a thing right like he's not sort of the laughy you know wild and crazy kirk like he is at first at first at first he becomes a lot more humanized throughout the series for sure in that respect um let's take a a little bit more of a cowboy if you will but so let's he look at, absolutely let's... doesn't start in that place. And I think that, and I'm not sure if it was like a choice they made. And they were like, listen, what we, what we will fail at is if we try to continue this show and somehow try to duplicate the original series, that's not going to fucking work. Like we will fail at that. Like they were sm- and I think they were smart. I think they were right about that. I think if they had tried to do that, it wouldn't have gone well. Where they were like, what if we just go a completely different way with it, though, where this captain is a, a, is significantly older, he's much more disciplined, he's much more you know, sort of set and rigid, and so it's a very different vibe on the ship. Then we're seeing something new, but in a familiar setting, in a familiar place. And I think that they, that, that was a very smart move on their part. So we get to a point uh, at the end of a show, and we're going to now kind of get to the point of what we're talking about. We get to the point at the end of a show where you have two competing and and uh, and disparate and divergent things happening. The first thing is that the show is infinitely better because everyone knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. Kevin Smith, who just directed um, an episode of The Flash, uh, just finished his second episode, but he said, you know... What he did as a director is he understood that his job as a director of The Flash is not to do anything terribly creative. He says he says his job is not to show up at the show that's been running for two years and like and, and, and step in and go and go, okay, way. guys, now I'm going to show you how to make The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, like the crew, the, the crew, he said, he said that his job is just to go in and to make decisions and to give notes and to like steer a ship that's already on autopilot. And he said very, very truly, if he were to die on the way to set, they could probably still make the show because they know what they're doing. You're not, it's not like you're going to go to the actors. You don't think you can go to Patrick Stewart in season seven, next generation, and go, this is how I think you should play Picard. Right. Like, at this point, like, yeah, no- at this point, like, and if you are, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If the that's flip who you side are as a director, then suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> the flip side of this is that 
you also get to the point, and this is what we said a little bit about enterprise, about you know why enterprise doesn't do as well, is because it starts recycling itself and recycling itself. And, and I felt that enterprise was recycling a lot of plots, even from Voyager, because the fact is, is that you got a bunch of fucking people on a ship and how many hour long dramas can you create? That's for a bunch they, of fucking people. On a ship. A, it's like a, a distinct beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And- I mean, cause we're already at, you know, whatever, what's 26, 26 times seven, you know, whatever you're, you're, you're already at over well over 130 episodes of, of next gen by the time it's done. And yeah. then of course the 79 episodes of the original series. And at this point, six movies, like, like it's gonna, like there's a lot of story to tell, especially within the constraints that Roddenberry had. So you're getting to this point where the show is maybe a little tired, but everyone's really good at making it. And that's where you find yourself on what is considered to be um, by some the most inferior season of, of wow, next year. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that to me. And I, so I kind of, when I was rewatching it, like in prep for this, I, I was, I sort of had that like in the back of my, my brain. And I, and I know for instance, the candle episodes in this, this season. So like, I'm like, well, so yeah, he's right. Like this, there's, there's really bad shit in here, but I honestly, in rewatching it, like I found consistently, um, they're re- like they're really good episodes. Like there, there were very few episodes they felt I could point to and were like, "Well, that was just crap." Well, it's not that it, again. I don't think it's crap. I think it's that it's maybe tired. I mean, I think that honestly, I I I would watch season seven before season one for sure, and I'd put it right on par, par with season two. I think season two has a lot of hit and miss as well but i think the hits in season two are generally better it's got you know the first introduction to the borg it's got measure of a man it's got a few things that i read and also i'm willing to give season two more of a pass because they're still finding their way i think what's what's what makes season seven at least one that i don't go to as much for me is that we're at a point where everyone's so comfortable and I'm used to a certain quality of the show. And it's like when you, you know, it's like when, you know, Michael Jordan started slowing down and was only scoring 2 million points a game as opposed to 10 million points a game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, it's, it's at a point where everyone seems like they, like it should be at the same level of a season five or a season six, which were very, very good. Um, Everyone's super comfortable and the episodes are very, very good, but like, to be the worst season of one of the best television shows in the history of TV is still going to be a very good season. But it's at a point where I think that that clunkers, there, there are a couple of clunkers, and this far on in the game, it's harder to excuse. Does that make sense? Like, they might, yeah, not I think actually... I see what you mean. Like, uh, like, like one bad episode in season seven is like the equivalent of Two you know, five one. or yeah. something in season one. So Where's let's like, uh, no. let's start it off with the second half of uh, of the season ender from season six, which was Descent. Uh, Descent started off with uh, in the first uh, season, very, very strong with one of the scariest moments ever where Data murders a Borg. He gets a bunch of b- bunch of negative emotions. Brent Spiner gets to sort of play evil, which is which is fun. You uh, you meet the Borg. Uh, they've come back there. There's a section of the Borg that have broken off and they're following lore. And and they they kidnap the captain and everything. Oh, it's bad. Oh no! We get to season two, um, episode two, which is 
Descent Part 2, air date 9-20 of 1993. Data abducts Picard. Troy and Jordy hold them prisoners of the Borg. Oh, sorry, Picard, Troy, and Jordy, and holds them prisoners of the Borg while he derives pleasure from being evil. Dr. Crusher is left in command of the Enterprise as it comes up to, un, under attack from a Borg vessel. Um, it, this is a rank, episode that's ranked really high. I don't love this episode. I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, I found when I was rewatching it this time that, um, and I, I actually had to watch the last season six episode first. I was like, I can't sure. just watch this one, but like, I like the whole the whole thing. Um, I found that I didn't, I didn't love as much. Like there were still things about it that I really loved. Um, but I think I think that for some reason the idea of like evil data over time has begun to to upset me maybe i wasn't upset so like i really loved evil data in the first episode because one it was scary when he did it and then two his explorations of what that meant in his conversations with troy were very interesting right that's what i mean it wasn't like that's i guess that's the difference right because i felt like in the first part of that episode i don't feel like data was scary i feel like something scary was happening to data do you know what i mean yeah. whereas i feel like in the second part of the episode he feels much more like a villain and also we already or a had villain in training under lore if you will and i didn't that i guess in like uh, having watched so much feels less true now Wait, like no, feels- no, it totally makes sense because you see data just chopped off mace windu's hand so of course he's just gonna be evil he's got nothing else because he's totally Lore's bitch. Um, he it's, is. It's, and and it's, that's... Like, that's a problem for me. Like, that, well, the, I think... That's a problem? The the reintroduction of Hugh? Like, I loved the Hugh story. I did not need Hugh to come back and be all angry now. Like, I mean, I did, he wasn't angry. He was angry at first. He was angry until he sees Jordy. But at first, he's like, you fucked everything up, you assholes. And I kind of want to go like, Hugh, you were totally aware that this might happen. Like you were absolutely, but it's not yeah, like we like surprised not like we you. Didn't say that there weren't risks going back. Not even that there weren't risks. What happened were precisely what we were hoping would happen. Like we wanted this to damage the Borg. Maybe not this much, but that was the idea. We were going to kill all the Borg. We wanted to affect the Borg and 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 in a, in an unpleasant I sure, way. I I guess it just it didn't feel like to, with for me anyway. Like Hugh never came across as as angry. He came across but as he was like, so soul searching when you first met him, and that was gone. Uh, agreed, yeah. but I think that what he came across in this, like what it felt like to me anyway, was he. I liked sort of seeing what happened next, right? Like, cause you talk a lot of times See, about, you know, what you don't like about, you, you know, or, you know, you like what you really like about DS nine is this sort of continuation of story. And there's a lot of elements of it in next gen. And this is one of them. I and didn't what's, need this one. I'll, I'll but be what's great. I think what's so great about this one is I wrote, cause we were very, all of us, you know, watching, we're very invested in the Hugh episode when it happened. And I feel like we were very much on their side and being sort of conflicted about what do we do now? Like we had this plan and we saw him as a cog 
that we would use to, you know, basically detonate a See, weapon felt, against our I, worst enemy. And then he became kind of a person, and now we kind of don't know what to do. And yeah, I but think here's that, the thing: I think that that episode ended so beautifully and so ambiguously that to bring it back and go, "Okay, here's what happened to Hugh." Like this was not one of those things I need to. You didn't want it. You wanted it to stay ambiguous because I kind of dug that it was like, you know what, kind of, kind of not great things happen. Like you met well. And that's why I feel like I like to me watching the episode you know, very recently like he didn't he didn't occur to me as angry but he did occur to me as you guys just kind of gallivanting around and making decisions and you like meddled in some shit and then we're just like okay well bye <laughs> Yeah no I get that You know what yeah, I mean and I kind of dug that as an angle cuz it's something we sort of i mean we see a little bit of it i guess in like the in the the original series movies you know with like you know wrath of khan and stuff and i think that as an idea like that's something that particularly in a generally episodic series we don't see a lot of right like we're sort of left with this well we think they did the right thing or whatever because it's usually we usually agree with whatever they've done for the most part i would say and there's no real like they never like it's a big universe out there you don't really expect them to come across them again right so you just have no idea you just hope for the best and it allows you to just sort of think the best happens and what i liked about this is that it was neither the best thing happened nor the worst thing happened like it didn't destroy the board right like it yeah. destroyed some board like it called it caused some level of disruption but what it really did was sort of immediately affect the people around Hugh. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get everything that you're saying. I just feel like it was maybe the execution wasn't everything I wanted to do. The other thing I wanted to say, because I don't want to spend all our time in dissent, um, the Crusher storyline, while I liked, was such a let's cut to the B storyline. It was it was distracting to the like, I never yeah, I mean, wanted- it definitely had a little bit of that feel. But you know what? I really liked seeing her like being competent as the captain i really dug that like her doing the best by the ship and yeah, by what no. she was by what her directives were right no, i didn't like, i didn't i didn't mind that that's what was happening it just seemed like it and look i'm so happy to see james haran in there you know like i love like, him i love like him. when you're like when you're like that dude came on our show that makes yeah. me happy i know <laughs> every time i see him now i'm it's like it's him it's so, uh, so, like, so like you can just... hear me through the screen. Hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> All right, let's jump to the second episode of uh, of season seven, Liaisons, episode two, air date 927, Uh During an exchange program with a different culture, Picard shuttle crashes on an unknown planet where he's rescued by the sole survivor of another crash. This. I really like this episode. Man. I hated this episode. How could you hate it? I really liked it. Because I didn't it. like her performance. Oh, yeah. I liked I all the shit on the that. planet. I liked all the stuff on the ship. That was fun. That was really fun. And I also sort of felt like the stuff on the ship was so totally different than what was happening on the planet that it was jarring. So I, whenever I was like, like maybe, well, I, start- yeah, but I guess I actually kind of like that because I feel like then you, you're almost right. Like you, for instance, in the previous episode we were talking about, there was clearly data being evilized by lore and that is that is the that's the plot right like in a soap opera right like there's the whatever the a and the b plot is clearly crusher on the ship that's the b plot like you don't really need that part and this 
this episode, because of the way it was, you kind of didn't know what was and what wasn't. Like it what it and as it turns out, right by the end, it is a fully like it, it it's because it's all a plot, right? It's all part of sure. the same. And I loved that about it. That to me was one of its strengths. I really sure, don't. They bring him to, but I mean, I just mean to, like, like it's. I know. The, I get what you're saying. Totally, there's a very like on the on the happens. on the planet. It's very very much like that that episode of Deep Space Nine where where Cisco and Ducat were on the planet together, and Cisco's injured, and the other one's got all the power. Or the episode like, in Next Gen when you know Picard is is hurt with with Crusher, like or the or the episode where 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 Jordy is stuck with the Romulan. Like they they do that. But yeah, then, like being but, sort but, of like. But then cutting the back to the Enterprise, dangerous sometimes. They're but like cutting back to the Enterprise the for a for a comedy episode in the middle of it. It just it was jarring, and then it did, it, yeah, I could see where that feels weird. And, and in the end, she's like, like I don't "Love know me." I'm like, "Oh fuck you!" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. I, here's what I will say about it: like, I really like the episode. I really like the the idea of it. I really like what was happening. I really and I and I really loved that there was all this conflict that was sort of occurring, but for what was actually like a de- like a diplomatic mission. But here's the thing, when we say and tired, they didn't know. When we say right? tired, like, I mean this seems this seems honestly like like if there were like a bunch of 20-sided die and on one side was A plot and the other side was B plot and you just rolled the die to create an it's like the manatees writing family guy on South Park. Like he's honestly like, okay, A plot. Okay, main character, let's make it Picard because it always is. Gets stranded and injured on a planet with someone who's trying to understand him. B plot. Okay, some crazy ambassadors come on that you think it's gonna be one way, but instead they're all a kind of crazy. Go. Like honestly, it's it is the same episode as Jordy on the planet with the Romulan and Loaxana Troy coming on the Enterprise. It's just like no, it is not. It is not. I'm just saying totally because because the difference is when you're watching the the stuff on the ship, you're like, huh, like what? Particularly when it comes to I think the the Worf and his ambassador, right? That is a fun to watch. Yeah, but B it's it's a struggle right because it's not he it's not something he's supposed to he would he would normally be doing he's supposed to be doing if you will it's not like what he's been trained for and but at the same time if you have some motherfucking you know diplomatic entourage come on board your ship and they say i want to i want i want this dude to show me around you don't say um that's really not going to work out sure right? i i'm just saying that it's it's structurally very they do the same fucking thing on 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 Deep, Deep Space Nine later, it's just sort of a it's it's a trope that I feel is a little tight. I want to go on to the next episode because we I don't know. Other, I, I really liked here. it, but I do see her at the acting. I would have I, I see ways we could have improved on their interaction that would have made that. Well, here's an episode no one likes uh, from <laughs> October 4th, 1993. Interface. Jordy defies direct orders from Captain Picard in an attempt to rescue his mother, who'd been recently reported as missing. I don't hate this episode. I don't hate it. I don't. Like when I'm scrolling, so awful. Like I remember you feeling like there were a couple ones that you sort of had thrown out initially that, and I was like, "This isn't a bad episode. What's wrong with this episode?" There's nothing wrong with it. There's just nothing right with it. It's just kind of like, well, I mean, what do you mean? There's absolutely right with it. You've got when you think of everything that Next Gen can do and can do well, this is the definition of a filler episode. 
And this should, like, if this were Deep Space Nine, this would affect Jordy. But literally, you could skip this episode and never know it happened. And this should be, you know... <laughs> I I, th- I hear what you're saying there that if there had been some repercussions that lasted, but because I th- I, th- I think what was good about the uh, this episode in particular is like you're talking about like it's always Picard or you know Riker, and it but was it's, it's really Jordy gets another shitty episode. I would love for Jordy to get like he doesn't get that many great episodes. I don't Sometimes think he... that, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like this was that shitty of an episode for him because there was like some serious like stuff happening for him that was uh, like absolutely in an always affecting his judgment. And then we get to see like the beauty of his friendship with data, which I think is another, is another really great part about this episode because I like that. Yeah. I like that. He's an, you know, he's a a fucking Android. So it's not like we know he doesn't have emotions and yet, and still though, right. He actively helps his friend do like quote unquote, the wrong thing because he knows that he needs it. I know. I guess I guess and I just so I feel like it's that emotional core of it for me. Like I said, what I really like about these shows a lot of the times is it, the the human journey that we see in them. And I think that we really so particularly when you think about people in these positions, like something that we very rarely kind of even talk about is this idea of like well, if you're in Starfleet, like usually your your family's in Starfleet too, right? It's not like you know, a lot of times it's not like you're not you're not Picard breaking from the tradition of vineyards and going out into space. Sure. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's, you know, with any other sort of thing, be it entertainment or doctors or what have you, like you usually kind of follow in your parents' footsteps. That's sort of a normal thing to do. And that we are seeing that happen and we don't really think about it. Like, but they fuck up too, right? Like I I didn't even message her back. Yeah, no, I, and him I having to I, deal I, I with it. that. It, and I thought it, that that really humanized these people in space in a way that I thought was good. So the, I will say the, the interface with the, um, the probe thing was that part's like a little hokey, but I yeah, think it's for me, worth it, it for just, the emotional it, core of it. Let's go to the, the next two episodes, much better reviewed episodes. And this is, uh, I'm going to put these two together, um, airing on both uh, October 11th and October 18th of 1993, Gambit, part one and two. These two episodes, and I, this is one of the reasons I want to go back to it. When we talk about the, dif- the difference between good episodes and episodes that I like, there's nothing deep or necessarily just like, it's like the Robin Hood episode. Like the, these aren't like great television these are just fun. And so often next gen either isn't fun like that or gets it wrong where they trying to be fun, but it's like, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite work. Um, I see. I, and I, these are great. I like these episodes. I do too. And I, and I, I disagree that it's just fun in the Robin hood base. Cause like the problem I have the, with Robin hood, right. Is like that episode is, is, is sort of clearly like, if you just take it down to its bones, it's basically it's Q fucking with Picard. Like, and that's kind of it. Sure. And what's great about this episode is, like, yes, there's fun. Yes, there's, like, intrigue and undercoverness and stuff like that. But also, there is a Star Trekian thing happening at its core. Like, when they find this weapon that they've been trying to put together. At the end, yeah. They, they make it Star Trek at the end, yes. Like, you, you understand, like, there is some, there is something Star Trek happening there. 
And I, so I like that. So, so what you get then, right, is is the best of both worlds. <laughs> it's the uh-huh. best of all worlds, really. You get the fun and the Star Trek. At the end. Right? And look, Robin Curtis, Savick herself as a Romulan this time instead of a Vulcan. Yeah. Always and fun to see. Like, hey, that's fucking Savick. And dude, so I've also, I've recently, um, because I heard there was like a new MacGyver that had come out, I was like, that makes me angry. So I'm going to watch real MacGyver. And I was watching MacGyver and this ep- there's this episode with like this journalist chick and, and, I'm, and it's like bugging me. I'm like, I know her. And it took me a while into the episode, sadly, like sad to report. And then I recognized her from this episode because it was her. And I recognized her more by her voice even than her face because you have the Romulan makeup on. There's kind of a lot. And it was funny because then when Mr. A watched the same episode, he immediately, he was much quicker than me, and he realized that it was Savick. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I feel like such a dumbass right now. Like, I recognize her as random Romulan in a two-parter in season seven, right? When, like, she's fucking Savick. Like, and it's so funny because- Well, sure, I, that's, just, that's just like when you're watching- When you're watching season one or two, whatever, of, of, of Next Gen with the, the two races that are, that are addicted to the drugs- Oh, uh, the dick, race that's providing the drugs. The other race is addicted to the drugs, and they can shock each other with like electric. And you realize that one of those guys is Kirk's son, David, um, uh, from from the movies. And you just sort of don't realize that. And like when I'm watching it, then I go back and go, "Wait, of course it is. He looks exactly the same, but he's in a totally different context." Anyway, blah, blah, blah. yeah, like it, it was like that. And I think it's because as the as the and what's funny is that there's actually a lot of similarities between Romulans and Vulcans in a sure. lot of well, ways. They, they they are genetically like I. I could go into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't just mean in how they look, but yeah, like in, in, in their behavior and their, you know, kind of, they, it's, yeah, they share genetic material and they kind of, well, they, can, they share, they share a, co- a common heritage. The, the Romulans yeah. started on Vulcan and they left and they lived on Romulus for a thousand years. The Romulans are Vulcans who've been living on Romulus forever. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and they've evolved. Sort of, that's and, why there's this, yeah. you know, similarity. I think, and I think that as a concept is also very cool. I think one of my favorite things about this episode, though, honestly, like it's, it's not even the Star Trek part of it, which is great. Um, or the, the fun, I guess, of it. It's to me, and I think this is something that you can't pull off very well in any, in almost any other season, right? Cause what you were talking about, we know these characters really well. And they know these characters really well. Sure, and, and that's what, that what and that's what I'm saying is that, is, that is is the the you know in what would have been a middling script, the performances elevate. Well, it's not just the performances, but I think that the writing elevates because they're able to like you're able to realize like what's so great about it is the way that they give each other cues and they immediately pick up on stuff. And it's like, of course they do, though, right? Like they've been working together now for how long? Like, of course they can. They can almost read each other's fucking minds at this point, right? You know, when you have, like, that really close friend, you, like, finish each other's sentences and stuff like that. I think that this episode really taps that. That feeling. Okay, I know I said that we were going to try and do it all in one episode, and I'm totally lying because this is going to take at least three. So um, so what we're going to do is we're going to put a pin in this. Um, We have got... uh, We're going to put a pin in it. We got to, man. We got to. No, I know. I know. No, I know. (laughs) I appreciate that you recognize that we can't just keep going, though. We've got so much coming, uh, including Crusher fucking a candle. Um, Let's just be clear. Crusher's going to fuck a candle. 
and you're going to be able to hear us talking. No, we. I have a feeling we're not going to talk about it very much because what no, really can you say? We, we've always talked about, about that poor woman have to masturbate on oh screen, you know, so often. Because in so wow. Um, yeah. So all that being said, uh, uh, we're going to do hit part two next week of uh, season seven of the Next Generation. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But for right now, my name is Justin, and my name is Alexia. Check off. Check off. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us. And give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.